0: All right, welcome in to episode four of the Sam and Gabby's Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, Starting off here, I'm Samuel Bigelow with my co-host, Gabby Mozipo. Gabby, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty well, Sam. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing great. I'm happy to be into the full swing of fantasy season. Uh, It's nice to have football to look forward to uh, at the end of each week and have football to talk about throughout it. So uh, loving that. I'm excited to get into everything this week. So this week on the agenda, we got our usual stuff. We got our news and notes, judging the waiver wire, Factor Overreact starts and sits, our defensive streamers, of course, and uh, a new segment we'll be running uh, here, Welcome to the Drop Zone. So starting off with our – most important, uh, most important information news that came out over the last week. Um, some new COVID tests came, uh, some new po- COVID positives came out this week, uh, for Antonio Brown and Zach Ertz, uh, Zach Ertz, I believe the quote was, he's ext- uh, considered extremely questionable. Um, both are vaccinated, so they do have a chance to play, but they're both going to need two, uh, two negative tests and, uh, have no symptoms to be able to play. And so I would say both players are pretty unlikely uh, to play this weekend. Uh, So good news for uh, the Buccaneers receivers there. Obviously uh, they've been kind of stealing targets from each other. So good news for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin uh, as far as fantasy goes. Uh, So definitely start those guys in uh, Las Vegas. We got Josh Jacobs, who has an ankle injury. He hasn't practiced as of Wednesday. So, He's questionable for this game coming up on Sunday. If he doesn't go just like he did this last week, his replacements are pretty iffy. Uh, Peyton Barber got the majority of the carries while getting no targets and significantly less snaps than Kenyon Drake, who got significantly less carries, but all the targets, um, but still got you under 10 fantasy points this week in PPR. Uh, Neither guy is great, but Kenyon Drake's a guy you can throw in there if you need right around 10 points in a, in deep leagues, but, Uh, neither guy is super, super enticing in Chicago, Andy Dalton went down. So that means Justin Fields is going to be starting this week. His first start as a, as an NFL quarterback. That's exciting. We'll talk about him a little bit more in our waiver wire segment. So more on him to come, but Justin Fields will be starting week one or not week one this coming week, Matt Nagy did come out and say that Andy Dalton is the starter. Once he comes back healthy, Uh, But we'll see about that. And again, more to come on that later. Uh, Another one that we'll talk about a little bit more later, but just, uh, just for starters, what happened here is Deontay Johnson gets injured on the last play of the game and the game that the Steelers were down nine points. So literally almost no chance, uh, almost a 0% chance of him of them coming back there. They get him injured on the last play. Um, He's, questionable Uh, Mike Tomlin did come out and say that Deontay is looking better uh, but that is not to be confused with great um, according to Tomlin so Deontay Johnson practice as of Wednesday as well Um, if he's if he's out this Sunday keep an eye on him for sure but if he's out this Sunday uh, Juju will get a huge boost um, probably fading him anyways due to his injury but again uh, we'll talk about him a little bit later Um, anyways moving on to our next segment Judging the waiver wire, one we'll get a little bit more depth here. Our first guy in my prime waiver wire pickup this week, Rondale Moore. the uh, Reason I love him: twenty nine percent of snaps week one went up to forty six percent of snaps week two, and I just thought he looked great on the field. Um, I'm in. Lo- I'm really in love with uh, Rondale's talent. I think he's a great hold candidate, great stash, great pickup this week. Um, Gabby, do you did you think anything different?
1: Um, no. Not necessarily. Rondell Moore's beast coming out of Purdue. We knew he was explosive, and we've had a couple of uh, discussions about this earlier in the season, but the Cardinals have been looking for a wide receiver, too, someone to be opposite of DeAndre Hopkins. We knew Kyler Murray was going to throw a sh- shit ton of y- yards this year. We just didn't know to who, and it looks like Rondell is a guy. Coming out with eight targets this game and five targets last game, it looks like he's just able to produce and – and a lot of air yards as well, so I'm looking forward to him, and I think he's a great stash candidate, especially in ten-team leagues.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think he's a great stash candidate. Still got to keep an eye on Christian Kirk there, um, potentially stealing some targets and potentially being that number two. But Rondale Moore, obviously, he's only 21 years old, has huge upside, um, one of the fastest players in the draft this year, um, and he exploded on the field this week. Uh, next guy. Gabby's number one waiver wire pickup this week was Tony Pollard. Um, His snaps were only 34% of the snaps compared to Zeke's 71% this week in Dallas, but uh, he he didn't need all that many snaps to be fantasy relevant. I see him as kind of a Kareem Hunt type player, almost Kareem Hunt light, whereas he's got a chance to be fantasy relevant every week. And if Zeke was ever to go down, got to be playing Tony Pollard. So, Tony Pollard I think is a great great fantasy pickup this week just like you Gabby and I think he has standalone value do you agree?
1: Yeah I think he has flex potential definitely in the future Um, especially uh, looking back at um, McCarthy's background he loves his two running back systems uh, dating back to Aaron Jones's days uh, with the running back I'm forgetting his name now but there was a time where he was running Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones was just an, wasn't getting enough run and that was because McCarthy loved his two running back systems and I think he's gonna employ that here in Dallas as well especially with Tony Pollard looking as explosive as he did you'd be kind of dumb not to try to get the ball in his hand so I think Tony Pollard's a great add here and I think it's a great point the cream hunt type role go in there be explosive get your touches from a fantasy perspective that's very productive so I'm looking forward to being able to pick him up in my waivers. I was able to pick him up in a couple of my leagues. So I'm looking forward to his production. And I think he's going to be a great spot, Phil, for you two in the bye weeks that are are here to come.
0: Agreed. And especially in matchups that are maybe a little tougher or maybe matchups that Dallas is going to have to pass a lot. I definitely think he'll be involved. He's been involved in the passing game a fair amount. I think it'll grow as time goes on, but in week one, he had four targets week two, three targets. Um, so he's getting involved. He has a role in the offense. Um, I did want to ask you, Gabby, uh, would you prefer to have, and maybe, maybe not this week, but just in general, would you prefer to have Tony Pollard? Uh, no, you know, what? this week, would you rather have Tony Pollard or would you rather have uh, a guy? We talked about earlier in Kenyon Drake, if you had to make a spot start this week.
1: Tony Pollard is playing the He's playing the Eagles. And Kenyon Drake is playing the the Miami Dolphins. Eagles. I'm probably going Drake in this uh, direction just because I don't know if Josh Jacobs is gonna be hundred percent. And Tony Pollard, yes he's going to be involved, but I still like Kenyon Drake's involvement in the passing game. And I know that he's going to get his five to six catches and he might not be a big producer in the running game, but there's a chance he falls into the end zone. And I know that there's going to be a certain level of floor with Kenyon Drake. I see Kenyon Drake in the same, same light. I see James White and Naheem Hines. I,
0: I, I don't know if I a hundred percent agree with that. I think there that James White's floor is, higher than Kenyon Drake's, and I think Naheem Hines's ceiling is higher than both of those guys um uh, per on, on a week to week basis. Uh but this as far as that question who would I start next week, I think I would rather actually start Tony Pollard than Kenyon Drake. Um I just think that they're gonna it's gonna be kind of a more of a passing game this week against the Eagles and I don't think the Eagles have a good enough defense to really slow down Dallas. Um so I'm definitely. I think I would prefer to start Tony Pollard, but like you said, that baseline. If for you got to play your specific matchup, so that might be the right play for you. If you just need a few points to get you that baseline, uh, then I would agree, Kenyon Drake. So make sure you're playing your specific matchup. But uh, personally, I think if I had to just pick between the two, I would go with uh, Pollard. But I definitely see where you're coming from, and if you need that baseline, he's a good. Definitely would uh, choose Drake there. Moving on to our next guy, Cordero Patterson. Uh, He's starting to encroach on Mike Davis's workload. He's an interesting guy. Got a lot of targets last week. Um, I'm picking him up if I have a pretty poor bench, but I wouldn't be overly excited about him. Uh, He's a really good spot start at running back if you were really weak in that position. Uh, So definitely if that's you, then go out and get him. But Beyond that, I think his ceiling is pretty capped. He's been in the league for quite a while, and we kind of know what he is as far as like what he can be. But he is starting to get over since week one to week two. He did get get more of a role, especially in the passing game. Um, Mike Davis still dominated on the ground and also pretty significant workload in the passing game. So he's still clearly the number, number one. But Cordero Patterson is getting in a role in the offense, and he's definitely worthy of a pickup. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, I definitely think he's worthy of a pickup. Um, like you said earlier, he's encroaching in on Mike Davis's workload, and I've got I actually picked him up in the league, and I'm thinking of starting him this week, um, the former wide receiver. We know he's a jack of all trades, and he's the type of guy that you just need to get the ball in his hands, and he's going to be explosive with it. So I think that's a – and with Atlanta's running back problems that they've been having as of recently, I think he's showing that he's going to be – Somebody that they lean on in the offensive game, so I think he's a great add. I'm um, I'm not sure if I consider starting him, but I, I'm trying not to. I'm really trying to convince yeah. myself not to start him. He's he's not a name that I'm feeling comfortable yet starting, but he's proven it on the field. So if you really have to, he's not. It's not bad by any means. Necessary.
0: Would you uh, moving on with the same vein as our previous question? Would you rather have Cordero uh, against the Giants, uh, or would you rather have either of those two previous guys we mentioned, Pollard or Drake,
1: this I week? Love us, the Giants or Pollard or Drake. Drake is again against Miami, and Pollard is against Philadelphia. I think in that instance, I'm think I'm leaning. I think I'm leaning uh, the Cordell Patterson just just because of the passing game. I think the Giants are going to go up to go up on a lead, and I think there's a chance that Cordell Patterson sees uh, quite a bit of work. But I'm not really liking my running back options. If those are my three options, I'm really hoping that somebody that maybe I have I got the waiver wire pickup and I was able to pick up somebody like. Elijah Mitchell or Tyson Williams, or maybe even somebody a little worse, like a James White. I think those are all better options in that instance.
0: I agree. I was just curious where you start, where you ranked kind of those three guys that are waiver wire pickups this week. And you could definitely see yourself, uh, so not your, not necessarily you, but anybody. Uh, you could definitely see anybody having that situation where they have to start one of those guys. And I was just kind of curious to gauge your confidence in those guys. I personally uh, would play uh, Cordero above all or above both those other guys just because I think his role is a little bit more secure Um, so I definitely would be playing him um, over those other guys but I wouldn't feel super confident and again I would probably play Pollard for a if I needed a big game if I needed to shoot for the fences Um, speaking of big games though guy who's had two big games back to back that I did not expect going into the season KJ Osborne Gabby How are we feeling about K.J. Osborne? He's been really impressive this year.
1: Yeah, he has, and Kirk Cousins has been looking for him a lot. Um, Yeah, he has uh,
0: nine targets week one, six in week two. So, yeah, quite a bit.
1: Yeah, and with the injury to Irv Smith, they've been going to a lot of three wide receiver sets, and that allows – and they've been using K.J. Osborne a lot. And we don't see a lot – there's not a lot of big target share in Minnesota – it's Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, dump off Dalvin Cook. But there's a couple – there's like a 1,000 yards left over, and it looks like KJ Osborne is going to get at least 800 of them. Yeah, it does um, look that way right now. So I think he's a great add right now. I I was able to pick him up, and I, I'm not really – I'm not really sad about it. I think he's going to be a great stash if there was going to be an injury to Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson. He's an automatic top 30 wide receiver, I think, given the how the target shares look up in Minnesota right now. So I think he's a great add, especially in week three.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely see him similarly to, honestly, a little bit of a Rondell Moore light, um, just in the sense that he doesn't have a clear path to getting this many targets on a week-to-week basis. but so far he has been able to 14 uh, points week 1, 20 points week 2. Um, he's honestly the only problem I have with him is just that he doesn't it doesn't make sense that he's doing so good. It just it doesn't make sense. Minnesota has always had two relevant pass catchers and Dalvin Cook. Um, it's been that way for a few years now and so where where did this guy come from? Um, like you said though there's that hole in that offense and I am just a little surprised that it's being filled by one guy. Um, so It is great to see a second-year wide receiver breaking out. That's always interesting for fantasy, a second-year player who's breaking out like this. Is it for real? Uh, We'll see. I'm definitely picking him up and stashing him, though, if he's on my waiver wire, and I don't have any more interesting options. Um, Moving on to our next guy, Michael Carter. Uh, Running back for the Jets, if you guys don't know. He's a rookie this year. Has kind of gone under the radar, had a lot more hype, kind of right after the draft i think um, but then kind of trailed off as he didn't he didn't really impress in training camp and in the off season um, but it's starting to come back a little bit he had he's had a, res- a little bit of a resurgence he had 25 percent of the snaps in week one moved up to 45 percent of those snaps in week two hasn't done anything that's really catching your eye that makes you that makes you really want to go out there and grab him and start him but There's nobody else really on that roster, and I don't think the Jets are going to get worse than they were this last week. I think they're only going up from here, Um, and he's been getting more involved, and I think he clearly has more of a ceiling than their other running backs on their roster, Tevin Coleman and Ty Ty Johnson. So I think the path to him being an RB1 for a team is clear, and uh, that is definitely worth uh, a pickup in my book. So Michael Carter, I think, is one of the better running back pickups uh, you could get this week. Not as interesting as Tony Pollard, probably, or or Cord- uh, Cordero Patterson, uh, just because it's just – Michael Carter did not look good in the offseason. He had no hype. But uh, I definitely think he's more interesting than Kenyon Drake, personally. Uh, but if you need to start this week, I would, I would not be rolling Carter out. But, Gabby, did you did you have anything you wanted to add on Carter? I think that's pretty self-explanatory.
1: Nah, yeah, I'm not really a big Carter fan. Um, Robert Sala is from this Kyle Shanahan tree. So we know what we know about San Francisco is that they use a lot of running back by committees. So I think Kevin Coleman and Ty Johnsons are still a factor. And it's the Jets. So they're going to have to be throwing the ball a lot. Mike Carter will be there, but I, I just don't know. Yes, he might be the RB one of the New York Jets, but I don't know. I'm not rushing to get the RB one of the New York Jets. Fighting That's very...
0: Totally fair. I just think he's an interesting grab and stash guy. Uh, for the record, fairly involved in the passing game. Three recept- or three targets this last week. Um, again, with only 45 percent of the snaps. So interesting. Not super involved, but an interesting guy to at least kind of keep your eye on. Um, moving on to our last guy of the waiver judging the waiver wire segment here, Justin Fields. We talked about him already. We've been high on him in previous episodes. I think we both think that if Justin Fields is on your waiver wire, this is the time to go get him. He's starting this week, as we mentioned previously. I personally don't think once he starts, he's giving the job back. Gabby, how do you see this situation in Chicago unfolding?
1: I think he's, I think that's exactly right. I don't think he's giving the job back unless he. He gets hurt, or it's a complete shit show. And I don't think it's going to be a complete shit show. I think Matt Nagy's going to put him in a position to do really well. And I think his legs are going to give him a nice floor. I think they're going to give him a lot of option plays. We saw, we saw it in the game that he just took over. I don't remember when exactly. I think it was in the second or third quarter that Andy Dalton went down.
0: Yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm one of those, I believe as well. Yeah.
1: But when that happened, Justin feels. Ran the ball 10 times. So we're going to see at least, I think we're going to see another 10 rushing attempt game from him. And I think that we're going to see a lot more easy plays, RPOs, p- passes that give him easy reads and make the game simple for him. Not have to, And he's gotten a week full of reps. So I think he's a great add. I'm actually starting him in the league uh, over the likes of Derek Carr. My quarterback situation isn't all that good, but, I think Justin Fields is, has the opportunity to become QB1, given his legs. And I th- I think that's a like quarterback that you definitely need to go grab on the waiver wire because after this week, he, he's not going to be easy to grab.
0: You're taking, uh, you'd rather start Derek Carr this week uh, against, my, uh, or you'd rather start Justin Fields this week against Cleveland than Derek Carr against Miami? I
1: think Cleveland has a, proven to not be they've had a terrible defense past defense this year as, we, as we've seen we thought cleveland was going to be a lot better houston and tyrod taylor were able to move the ball and the only time cleveland only won that game as soon as tyrod taylor left and i love tyrod taylor but it's, it's still tyrod taylor so and no, the I, Houston Texans, so i think they're going to be able to move the ball just fine
0: i i i think that they'll I think that Cleveland is going to be better than uh, – I think they're going to pick it up a little bit this week. I think it's going to be kind of a get-right week. Um, I think Justin Fields is going to be not that not good enough in his first NFL start to really – to be that re- fantasy relevant. Don't think it's crazy, though. I think uh, Cleveland does have a terrible pass defense and is a prime matchup for quarterbacks this, this season. They have been terrible against both the Chiefs and the Texans. So basically the worst and best fan, uh, passing offenses this year. They've been terrible against both. So, unless they do something different fast, uh, yeah, Cleveland is going to be a guy, a team that you're going to want to start your quarterbacks against. But one I'm thing
1: gonna... to one thing to note on your get right week point, um, I think uh, the Cleveland Browns. I think the get right week should have been last this week versus Houston. They had just lost to Kansas City, and yes, they beat the Texans, but it wasn't all that close. Like, I mean, it was close. Sorry, it's taking me. Houston made that a game, and it was way too close of a game for my the liking of the uh, the Houston Texans, and if the Cleveland Browns were going to be that good of a team, they should be molly whopping the Texans, and the defense was supposed to be the strong suit with Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney uh, joining the squad now, but Tyrod Taylor and Yang were able to move the ball with pretty good consistency, and I mean, he's passing the ball to the Vikings and Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks. and You're not even that big of a Brandon Cooks fan. So, I mean, what does that say about the Cleveland Browns defense overall? I think Justin Fields has a really good chance to have good numbers, especially with Matt and Nagy at the helm and um, not, take, uh, not leave the job for Andy Dalton to take and get into that QB1 discussion. Um, Along with their, the likes of Derek Carr and company,
0: I mean, I'm just on the side that those were kind of that's kind of a fluke, um, just a system choice. Personally, for the Browns, I think that they've been exposed twice with the choice of how they've played um, against. I think they probably brushed it off against the Chiefs. Can't brush it off against the the Texans. The Texans are bad. You're right. They're a terrible, terrible team terrible pass offense. Um, The Browns were bad. If you're going based off just the last two weeks, then yeah, then you're definitely 100% going to want to start Justin Fields. I just think that the Browns have too much talent to not figure it out. And I think if they're going to figure it out at any point this season, it's going to have to be now. Um, So I I do think they're going to get it figured out. And that's just kind of a personal feeling based off the amount of talent they have, not based off really any of how they've played this season other than that I feel like a lot of their problems have been scheme based and not necessarily talent based. Um, So I think that's a good sign. I think they just have to change it up. Don't necessarily know if they will, but Justin Fields, he was in for 65% of the game last week. And I know he didn't get to have the starters reps or get the game plan or anything like that. So he should be better, but he was only six for 13 on 60% of his uh, on 65% of the offensive snaps. So He's not like he's a world beater in the passing game. I personally had problems with him coming out uh, based on his passing game. I just think he's not necessarily the most talented passer. Um, he has the definitely has the ability to grow um, and get better and become an elite NFL quarterback. I just didn't see that coming out, um, and so I don't know if I don't think he has that already. Uh, he has looked good so far, um, but I'm just not super high on him coming out and instantly lighting it up. I'm gonna ha- make him prove it. I don't think he's the worst start, though. But I think Derek Carr, over these last couple of weeks, has earned um, earned definitely more respect than than that. I definitely think he's worthy of a start over Justin Fields, and I have Justin Fields fairly low and wouldn't be starting him unless I was in a a deep league. So uh, we do have a little bit of different opinions, but I think overall we agree that Justin Fields is a guy you want to pick up, you want to have on your roster, and will be good. Going forward, he, he definitely has fantasy MVP potential, in my opinion. Definitely. Um, that does it for all of our waiver wire pickups that we wanted to talk about this week. Uh, moving on to our next segment, a new segment we're going to premiere today. Welcome to the Drop Zone, led by Gabby. Gabby, take it away.
1: Welcome to the Drop Zone. Um, I'm going to say uh, after a couple of weeks here, I know this is going to be a tough decision Put a lot of time into your drafts, a lot of time into the pre-draft strategies, a lot of mock drafts, but I'm going to have a couple of names for you guys here, and it's time to let go. Time to move on to that new boot. There's a nice... But I love him. You love him. (laughs) There's somebody out there, a new one, an Elijah Mitchell.
0: Just like Jamal Williams. Just like Jamal Williams was saying, you know, he didn't want to leave, but... Detroit's his new home. Detroit's yeah, you treating do not
1: to let go, but they're just not producing. They just, and you,
0: you never know what you might find. You never know what, you, you, know might what
1: you might find. I think it's some of these names you might be, um, I might be questionable, but I think if you are in a, in a league and there's names, I'm going to give you guys a couple of names as well that are, if they're out there, I think it's time to drop and move on. First name is Trey Lance. I was. I was high on him this week but I think now now that we're seeing more names available I think he's now an easy drop candidate. Well, well, well. If you really can't find a reason, I think he, you can keep him, but I think you I think you there're better players out there. All the players we named are more rosterable than him today, so I think he's an easy drop. Jaseki just like he needs to go, um, bad performances, tight uh, quarterback's going to be out or is hurt, and there are better tight ends out there. So,
0: two when he's in, doesn't, he, doesn't look for him at all.
1: Doesn't look for him. This one is questionable, but I think with Justin Fields going to become a new starter, and we have another quarterback. I think, and his performance. I think, I think it's time to say goodbye to Tannehill.
0: Ooh, you wanna? You're just saying goodbye to Tannehill now? Take, give me your points. Give me your. Give me your reasons.
1: <sighs> There's enough quarterbacks. that have bumped him out of the tier. I think we've seen the thing with Tannehill that made him so appealing as the back end quarterback was. oh Ju- uh, not Ju- Julio Jones was going to be there. What is he going to look like with another Julio Jones next to them? He's good. there's a potential he could be spectacular. All right, we know he's not going to be spectacular. So now what is he? He's an okay quarterback. He's yeah. what you got from you he's what you got last year. That's what you're hoping for now.
0: Okay, well, okay, last year I think uh I think I think you might be under under appreciating how good he was last year. Last year he was, I think is part of the reason people were so hyped on him because his draft value was so low and he way overperformed. He only had, I'm looking at it two, three, two or three bus weeks. I mean, there was a couple of weeks where he only got you like 15. So I guess three weeks, uh, three weeks where he was bus weeks, but other than that, he always scored 20 or more. Um, and he was, he was quite good, even though they didn't have Julio Jones. There was, It looked like he was going to be nothing but up from here with Julio on the roster. I mean, how could you not be better with Julio? Um, well, Hill wasn't better, so it hasn't been better so far. Um, so that's been really disappointing. I will say, though, that last week they did call back that touchdown that was a touchdown. I don't know. We've probably all seen the pictures on the Internet now of Julio Jones in the end zone. Should have been a touchdown. He was robbed. Um, Ryan Tannehill was robbed. So Ryan Tannehill shouldn't have been as bad as he ended up being this week. Um, But even if he, even if he had been, even if they called out a touchdown, he's still not looking, he's still not a top quarterback this week. So I don't, I don't believe in overholding too many quarterbacks. So I think he's a fair drop candidate. I'm not rushing out to drop him. I'm not as, I think it is questionable, a questionable drop, but yeah, I don't think you need to be holding on to him if, if most of the guys that we've talked about today are available?
1: Yeah, I mean, he was QB8 last year, and now he's being drafted as QB8. And when people like Derek Carr, who I've talked about earlier, Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, are, be, are becoming real start, people that you can consider starting in your lineup. Hell, even fucking Kirk Cousins. Like, these are guys that I would just rather have on my team than Ryan Tannehill right now. And if I'm hoping now that Ryan Tannehill brings back QB eight value. No, I don't fucking want that on my team. I, I don't. I, I, he could go when guys are like Justin Fields are on there, out there. He, I'd, I'd much rather have him.
0: If you're not going to have a consistently like top five, six, seven guy, seven at the lowest, probably. You're probably better off just streaming each week, so you gotta play. You'd be better off just playing the matchups. So,
1: mm-hmm. I
0: I agree. But you did draft you if you have Tannehill, you probably you likely drafted him higher than than you would have liked. Obviously,
1: uh, <laughs> <That's> so <true. laughs>
0: so you, that's the only reason I say you maybe hold on to him and because he has that potential. He showed he is he did pretty darn good last year. But um yeah, if he doesn't pick it up soon and this week, then yeah, you're gonna be in.
1: And Arthur Smith is gone. That's which is his old old OC who is now the head coach at. That's Atlanta. a good point.
0: It's a great point.
1: So his downplay could be led to for some reason. But let's get on to the next name I got here. Um, this one is Will Fuller. Uh, I'm a big Will Fuller guy. Big Will Fuller guy. I Loved him in Houston. I think him and Deshaun Watson were magical. I don't know why Houston. I guess they were rebuilding and they didn't think Deshaun was going to stay. But he's I've, what? Yeah, enjoy. I think
0: you're. I think you might be a week or two late on this. To be honest, uh, Will really? Fuller was barely rosterable. I think going into the season for me, I I'm not super low on Will Fuller's talent. Um, I'm low on his durability, but I am super low on, I have been super low on Tua. Um, I didn't believe that Tua was going to be looking for him deep. He was the kind of guy you, you worth the shot, worth just a flyer to have on your roster going into the season. But I I honestly got to say, I think after the week one, he proved that he's droppable. And I think you're definitely right now. He's not worth a roster spot in my opinion. I think there's so many more players with so much higher upside than Will
1: Fuller personally yeah it's tough but yeah bye-bye bye-bye will fuller (laughs) bye-bye will fuller next one this one might be controversial but (sighs) ronald jones yeah
0: that's a tough one Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like you got to hold on to him. Uh, if if you're running back needy, oh, it'd be so hard to drop Ronald Jones. Wow. Yeah,
1: but at the same time, if you drop him, I'm saying this, he might be on the edge, you know what I'm saying? Because if you That's... drop him, he's going to get picked up by somebody.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And are you going to be okay with that? That's something you got to consider. Are you going to be okay with this person being dropped and somebody rushing to pick him up?
0: he has a total combined fantasy points on the year of like 3 like literally like he had 9% of the snaps week 1 41% of the snaps week 2 and he just doesn't he, yeah he's not involved at all i it's hard to believe honestly that he's uh that he's not involved at all he it's he had games like this last season so there's a chance he picks it up again, but if you can trade Ronald Jones, do that. But, yeah, he's, he's probably got to be dropped. He's probably got to be dropped, to be honest.
1: hmm And this guy is a welcome um, – he's at the door right now. He's, he's not even at the door. He's, he's in the lobby. He just called his Uber. He might go to drop zone. Sunday night, if Ayuk doesn't show up and Tash Danning doesn't put him in the, in the lineup and doesn't make him a big part of the game, Ayuk is going to get dropped in about 25% of the leagues.
0: Man, I, I would probably give him...
1: People are going to see that. That's well, People are going to watch that game and going to be like, why is this guy on my fantasy team? He's not even playing. And he's gonna get dropped.
0: He's gonna be dropped. The question is, should he be dropped? And
1: I think so. I think by week three, if he's not in the game, you can't justify holding him. Like, what is your justification? Eventually, he'll be in.
0: That he was okay. a first-round wide receiver who showed a lot of talent last year.
1: Yeah, but why isn't he in?
0: At the end of the no, day, I have no. I have no idea. I have. I have no idea. I don't think anybody does. Obviously.
1: Yeah, by week 3 we're now now it's like all right, he's already been on your team for 3 weeks and he hasn't played. But you drafted him
0: so high. I just feel like you can't be cutting him just like I mean, he after I feel like draft
1: value's out the window now.
0: I do I think it's it's so hard to just give up on him though and if he if in week 4 he breaks uh, breaks out, you're going to you're going to be so mad. I You'd have to have somebody that I that is really interesting for me uh, to drop him, I think next week. But next week, if he doesn't perform, if he comes out and does the same thing, then he's That's for sure, sure drop a bowl. Yeah.
1: I'm saying next week if he comes out, and gives me two targets for one catch and six yards on Sunday night football, he's getting dropped. You, uh, yeah. Like, there's no what I would like to hear your justification for keeping him out if you saw him do that again. Yeah. It just would be, it
0: would solely be just the draft capital I paid, and that his path is so clear to be, to being a real fantasy asset, and just the weirdness of Kyle Shanahan in general with his running backs, um, it makes me think that there's a chance that Brandon IU could still break out, and I again would drop him if I'm finding somebody super interesting. For example, next week if he does this again, and I'm looking at a Rondale Moore-like player, I'm picking up the Rondale Moore-like player uh, for Brandon Ayuk. But I'm not doing it for KJ or KJ Osborne, Cordell Patterson, or like I don't know Michael Carter. I'm not doing it for that. But if I if there's somebody that is like super interesting, then yeah, I will. I would drop Brandon Ayuk after that, but. Man, and I would probably be making honestly if he doesn't pop off in week three. I honestly would probably be making the wrong decision. I just I just can't. From what he's done in the past, it's so hard to let him go. I'm willing to ride it out a little while. I'm willing to take that risk. Um, just, just on the the because we have seen it happen. It can happen. We and we just don't know why. So. I'm willing to, I would probably be willing to take that risk, but it is, it's a hard decision. And I guess we'll have to cross that bridge next week, see how he does.
1: I'm willing to trade that man for anything.
0: Oh, agreed. Yeah. If you sent me a trade offer right now, I would, yeah, it would not be it. It would not take a lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's, that's it for welcome to the drop zone. Um, Those guys, first five guys, I think, are easily be dropped. Uh, Trey Lance, Justiseke, Tannehill, Will Fuller, Ronald Jones, and Brandon Ayuk. Um, is Uber's on the way? Uh, let's just see if you hop in it or not.
0: <laughs> do you think if you had to just take a
1: guess? Do you think? Do you think he's going to do
0: anything next week? Just, just if you had to take a guess.
1: I think so. I think the injuries. Well, <laughs> it's so hard. He has done I, nothing. I, I, I... He's done. That, I don't I actually, I I don't think so. I think, well, yeah, I don't think so. I think Jair Alexander is going to be a force in the passing game. And I think it's going to probably going to be a Kittle game. If anybody's going to do anything in the passing game. And I just don't, I think earning snaps, like. It's a significant amount of snaps to go from like the amount he's going to now to. Being the guy we drafted him to be, like there's like multiple steps in the process there. I don't think it's a one week thing. I think the I think for him to return the value of what I drafted him for, for example, it's gonna take three weeks. And now then we're sitting there at week what five? Like I don't think it's I I don't think it's a one. I don't think next week he's coming out with an eight for one thirty and two touchdowns rate. Right. For example, or eight for even eight for sixty. Like I don't think that's in the cards for him.
0: No, I agree. Yeah. But I I see and the create the most frustrating and confusing part about him is that he's got the last two games, he's gotten less snaps than he did in any game he played last year. So it's just all just confusing. But I do think he'll be better this week. Just a feeling. Um, but I have no real reason probably to believe that other than Just blind hope that he's better. Just I need him to be in some of my leagues. So, yeah, I don't know what the situation there is, and we'll have to see. But I'm really hoping that he picks it up. But moving on from that that segment, excuse me, wow. Uh, Moving on to my favorite of our segments, the factor overreact segment. Talking more 49ers, you already mentioned him. But factor overreact, you should be selling George Kittle, Gabby.
1: Uh, that's an overreaction. He's going to sell low right now. He's been having two bad performances. Um, I think, it's just, again, like I said earlier, I think it's his get-right game versus Green Bay. There's not a lot of linebackers, safeties can cover him. Like uh, Green Bay's going to try to sell out to c- guard the run because San Francisco has crushed him in the run game. I also think I also really like Elijah Mitchell in this game for that reason. If he's a go, I like any San Francisco running back. But there's a yeah, lot of I think, them, so... Yeah, I think George Kittle is still the, a tight end that you want. Um, I think there's now six six tight ends, and George Kittle is still one of them. I don't think you should be selling him. I think you should be buying him, actually. I think this is a great time to go out and get him in a league if you don't have Hopkinson or Kelsey or Waller.
0: I completely agree. I I think it's overreact as well. I think you summed it up great, and I just would say... His talent is too too great, I think, to continue like this. I just think he's an excellent tight end. So I think he's going to pick it up, and you should not be selling Waller – or Kittle, excuse me. Um, continuing on with the tight end talk, factor overreact. The big three tight ends is now expanded to a big four to include T.J. Hawkinson. Factor overreact.
1: It's a fact. T.J. Hawkinson is going to – Finished better than Kittle. Um, he's the only target in Detroit. So I think he proved that on Monday night. He's a force that touchdown with a nice route, nice catch. So, and he, he's got the draft capital. TJ Hawkinson coming out with one of the better tight ends. I mean, Kyle Pitts came out last year, but he was one of the better tight ends in the last five years or so. So, and Detroit's going to use him. And since they have nobody else, he's their best offensive weapon. So I think he's definitely going to be uh, one of the big four. And I think if you drafted him, you probably got him at a very good price. I think at a fair price. But it's looking like that's even going to be better than um, expected.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. I think t- uh, TJ Hawkinson could low-key be a part of some league-winning teams. Um He's just a great value this year if you were able to get him. Um, I definitely think he's a part of that group. He's gotten 11 targets and then nine targets so far in his two games. And this week, I think he's just going to continue it. Um, He's playing Baltimore. And uh, if you remember, Baltimore gave up 19 or gave up 19 targets to Darren Waller in week one. So Baltimore, a team that can be exploited by the tight end. Um, I expect TJ Hawkinson to continue his role. And uh, just keep being great. I think he's awesome. Um, Moving on to our third and final factor overreact question. Factor overreact, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a bench until further notice.
1: I think that's a overreact slightly. He's moving into flex territory for me. Um, I'm starting guys such as Tyson Williams and... Tyson Williams and Elijah Mitchell over him. But, ah, well, now I'm talking about it. I think
0: he's hard. He's, he's, he's scary. He's
1: playing the Chargers too, but they don't pass the ball to him. I, it's like below 10% is the target share for running backs.
0: He didn't get a single target last week and he got 65% of the and
1: He's bad. Well, I don't want to say that, but like, it looks like he he just doesn't look good.
0: Honestly, I I the reason that they got him is because he is good at a few things. He is very good at a few things. He's good at pass blocking. He's good at protecting the ball and he's a solid runner. But he's just a solid runner and that's it. He's just a guy in the run game and he's he's just a guy. He has not been performing um I'm benching him until further notice. I would also play those other guys ahead of him. Um, Tyrell, uh, Tyrell Williams is a little bit of a little bit scary for me. I think just the entire Ravens running back core is a little bit scary. They keep adding to it. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if the way that running back cores or carries, I guess, shakes out um, changes a little bit um, now that they've kind of got some guys in for a little bit of time now. And they've kind of seen people, but Tyson Williams has looked really good. expect him to maintain that number one role. So, probably would be starting him over Clyde. That one's tough, though. But yeah, for the most part, um, that's probably the line if, of guys about where I would have Clyde Edwards Alaire. He's a tough start. He got you eight points week one for PPR. Um, he did get three targets, though. Um, but against Baltimore, no targets. Got you a whole 1.6. Yeah, not, not an interesting guy right now. He's, if you can. Would you try to trade him, or do you think his value is too low, Gabby?
1: Uh, his value is too low. I was, I was looking at one of the leagues that I have him right now. I'm having this decision. Um, my running backs. I, I'm gonna start three. One is Saquon that I'm, I'm pr- pretty sure I'm gonna start. I bench yeah. him last week You
0: he kind of got it, yeah. <laughs>
1: but now versus Land, I'm starting him. But it's a decision between Tyson Williams, Elijah Mitchell. Clyde Edwards-Alaire and then um, also Deontay Johnson but I w- I'm going to talk about a couple of these guys later but I think I'm definitely going to tie some I'm going to I'm talk about all these guys later so maybe I'll just uh, keep that until then but yeah. I uh, I would
0: probably start all those guys over him but yeah we will talk about some of those guys later uh, anything else to add about Clyde it's just a very disappointing situation
1: um no Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, just just a, a, nothing. A, nothing else other than just disappointment. I I thought he was going to be much better. I was really high on him coming in, into the NFL, and he's just been a disappointment. But uh, moving on to our next segment, we got our starts of the week this week. Um, first off, quarterbacks, Gabby, who are you starting this week?
1: I'm starting Daniel Jones versus the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Daniel Jones has been killing it the last couple of weeks. Last week, he got 29 fantasy points, uh, 29.46. He's been running a ball a lot, six attempts in week one, nine attempts in week two, a touchdown in both games. Uh, Saquon's going to be back in the fold, so we're going to see maybe the touchdown regress a little bit, but I don't think those attempts are going to uh, falter at all. We know that he has the speed. And I think he's going to get better as passing. I think his deal is that he um, – can he take care of the ball? We know he has very bad fumbling issues, uh, interception issues. We know that he's not actually that all that good of an actual NFL quarterback. But from an NFL – but from a fantasy perspective, um, he's pretty good. And Atlanta is a pretty bad defense. So I think he's a great start this week.
0: Yeah, and I actually personally think Daniel Jones is a lot better of a quarterback than people – than other people think, it's super concerning his turnover issues—not just fumbles, but interceptions. Um, but for fantasy, that's generally not that huge of a deal unless you get like five in a game, which Daniel Jones has been known to do. Uh, but you know, as long as you don't get too many, you should be fine for the most part. So Daniel Jones a great start against probably uh, the league's one of the league's bottom defenses this year in Atlanta. So uh, my start of the week. And uh, full disclosure, would have picked uh, Daniel Jones if I got there first. But Derek Carr is going to be my start of the week. Um, Of course, he's not a top 10 guy. When we do these starts and sits, we try to aim outside of the obvious. But Derek Carr, a guy that I think has been performing very well, as we've seen in some primetime games uh, this year. He's earned earned a little bit more respect fantasy-wise. And I think uh, against Miami, a team with, with Jacoby Brissett as their starter. Um, I think Miami will be a little bit better than people might think, and Derek Carr will have to throw, and they have no run game in Las Vegas right now. Absolutely none. Uh, so I think it's just gonna be all on Derek Carr's shoulders to get it done. So Derek Carr this week, I think, is a great start uh, at quarterback. Uh, moving on to running backs, a guy that has been an obvious, obvious, the, literally the most obvious start in the past. But has now got some uh, doubt cast upon him. Saquon Barkley, this is the week for Saquon Barkley. It's a long week. He's had time to rest. They played on Thursday night. On uh, Thursday night, excuse me. So he's had more time than he's had um, for a while to get right, get ready. Um, he wasn't fully sure if he'd even play Week One, so he. I think he just needed some time. This should be a resurgence game for Saquon Barkley. As we just mentioned with uh, Daniel Jones, Atlanta is one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I love Saquon Barkley this week. I just want to make sure he's my start just so everybody out there has full confidence to throw Saquon back in your lineup after some two very disappointing weeks.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that's a great start. The 10, 10 days off and versus Atlanta. Um, I think this is his get right game. I think he's going to find the end zone.
0: Agreed. Gabby, who do you got at running
1: back? Running back, I got Tyson Williams. They're going to play Detroit. Um, I think they're going to they're gonna, uh, do really well. Tyson Williams has been averaging 6.9 yards per touch this year, and he's looked, looked explosive. I think this is his job to keep. Yes, he keeps adding running backs, but that's just for depth. We know that Baltimore likes to run the ball and they don't have the greatest luck with running backs this year. We do have to remember Tyson Williams was the fourth stringer coming into the year. He has looked really good though. And I think that uh, versus Detroit that Baltimore is going to run them. I assume the line is pretty high on Baltimore. Um, And I think Baltimore is going to cover. So I think that game is going to be a lot uh, predicated on the run game. And I think Tyson Williams has a really big game Definitely should get them in your lineups. Over the guys uh, such as um, C.E.H. and others, Damian Harris and other guys as well.
0: I definitely agree over Damian Harris. Um, I'm a little nervous this week, to be honest, about starting any Ravens running back. Um, I just, as I mentioned earlier, I'm afraid that those – Those carries kind of maybe change a little bit um, as Latavius Murray and the other running backs get a little bit more acclimated. But Tyson Williams is for sure the guy to own there. If you're going to own a guy or and start a guy. And I think if he comes out and what we've seen these first two weeks continues, then I'll have full confidence in starting Tyson Williams the rest of the way. He's a great spot start for one of those guys. You might've gotten off the waiver wire. If you needed a running back, he's one of the top guys in that sense. Um, if you can avoid him, I'm personally doing it just because, like I said, could I'm afraid of some change. Uh, but he's the only, or not the only guy, but over the, who I believe is the second running back, Latavius Murray. He's the only one, Tyson Williams, that is who got any targets. Um, so they're throwing him the football, which is huge, um, especially in PPR. So Tyson Williams, I think he holds on to that job because, as I, as you said earlier, Gabby, he's been really explosive and looked good. Um, passed the eye test. So I think he holds on to that job. I just don't feel a hundred percent confident in him this week, just because I think John Harbaugh has also been one of those coaches who has been uh, known to want to use a uh, committee. So moving yeah. on, to uh, moving on to our wide receivers, <laughs> uh, Gabby, who's your wide receiver start the, start this week.
1: Same game. Marquise Brown. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, I think he's finally arrived. He um, had a foot injury in year one. That really hindered him. It was a Liz Frank injury, and I think now that he's had a couple of years to recover from that, it looks like he's going to be more explosive, and I think his connection with Lamar, um, he's really proven that he's back. I think this is going to be a really big year for him, and it's looked like he's off to a great start. Versus Detroit with Jeff Okuda out, I think that Marquise Brown is going to be one of those guys that you can get in your lineup this week. He's a great flex option, and I think moving forward, he might even become a a lock-it-in type of guy, especially with Rashad Bateman out.
0: Yeah, I I love Marquise Brown as a start this week. I think he's perfect for... The Baltimore system, I think the way that Lamar buys buys time back there and extends plays, allows for Marquise to get um, his speed, he's going to get open eventually every time. Um, he's a way more talented receiver than I think people were giving him credit for going into the season. Um, and I think Lamar is a way better quarterback um, as far as his throwing ability than some people give him credit for. So uh, I definitely think that Marquise Brown is going to be interesting, especially this week against Detroit, um, who was not – the most um, t- the most, the toughest defense, I guess I should say. So good matchup for him. I love that start this week. Um, my start this week, a wide receiver, I'm going back. I'm doing a repeat this week. He did so good for me. I've throwing him back in there. Cortland Sutton versus the jets this week. Um, the the Denver run game is basically non-existent. Uh, tr- Teddy Bridgewater, excuse me, I I drew a blank on his name there for a second. Teddy Bridgewater has been able to throw the ball well enough to produce for multiple fantasy-relevant wide receivers. Cortland Sutton had a tough game week one. I even saw in some leagues him get dropped. But if that's the case in your league, you need to have Cortland Sutton. Uh, Cortland Sutton is one of the better receivers in the league, in my opinion. He proved it a couple years ago. Then, of course, last year he gets an injury and is out for the whole season. I think it was just a matter of, is he back already, or is it going to take a little bit more time for him to be fully healthy? Sometimes coming off a big injury the next year, he's not going to be as great. Last week made me forget all of those concerns. Cortland Sutton is back. Cortland Sutton is a good, good receiver for fantasy to own, Um, and I'm telling you, you should start him again and be very happy that you were lucky enough to have him.
1: I agree with that one, especially with Jerry Judea. I think he's proven again that he's that pro ball caliber wide receiver that doesn't need excellent quarterback player to be a fancy superstar
0: yeah and yeah again against the jets so a defense that is not is not scary at all so all right moving on to tight ends my tight, tight end starter this week dallas goddard versus dallas um double dallas there Ertz, as we mentioned previously in the podcast, he is likely to be out with a co- with after testing positive for COVID. Um, so if if Dallas Goddard is the is the one tight end going into that that game um, against Dallas, I said earlier, I think it's going to be a shootout. I'm I'd love to have a player in that game, especially a guy as talented as Goddard, whose problems really have only been that he's been sharing time with Ertz. So. Dallas Goddard, I think, especially if – or really, even if Ertz is there, but especially if Ertz is out, I think is a great start this week. Definitely, in my opinion, a top-10 tight end.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think – I think Goddard is is going to be a force this year. Um, Ertz apparently has a problem. I haven't been watching a lot of Eagles games, but apparently has a problem only throwing to the right side of the field – um Eagles a lot in game one uh, did a lot of things moving him to the right side so and it seems like when he, he throws to the left he's having a little bit of trouble so that's something to keep an eye out for but I think uh, my start of the week when it comes to tight end is um, Austin Hooper for the uh, Cleveland Browns he is going to I think he's going to be really good this week Jarvis Landry's out OBJ is coming back this week we hope but this is going to be his first game back in about a year coming off of that acl injury and cleveland at heart is a running team tight end centric team and people forget that austin hooper when he was signed he was the highest paid tight end at the time so cleveland obviously had some sort of dedication to the tight end position him him and njoku um but i think austin hooper is a tight end to own here and if He's out on your waiver wires. I would definitely go rush out and go grab him this week. I think he's a great ad, a great guy to go get and plug into your lineup. Uh, I would def- no, keep going. I would definitely start him over guys such as both of the New England tight ends and, uh, uh, like, Logan Thomas. I disagree with
0: that. I would be starting Logan Thomas just because – uh Taylor Heineke kind of I I just feel like Taylor Heineke looks for three people is running back is tight end Logan Thomas or Terry McLaurin and that's it and uh if you can get a whole third of your passing offense I think you're fantasy relevant especially a tight end so that's why I love Logan Thomas even he does have a tough matchup against the stout Buffalo defense but I'm still playing him over Austin Hooper and that's because I, I I'm a big Cleveland guy I'm a Cleveland fan so you would, you would think I might be a little bit of a homer on this guy, but Austin Hooper, he's getting less snaps than he really ever was last year. I mean, he had one game where he got under 70% of the snaps, but this year, both games, he's got under 70% of the snaps last year. He only got four touchdowns the entire year. And the Browns have a lot of tight ends who are, I think only getting better. They have a young guy, Harrison Bryant, who they're very high on. So There's only guys that are getting better. So I just think his role is probably only diminishing. Um, It is a great matchup this week though. Chicago was pretty bad against tight ends last year. Um, And I, like you said, if there is any, any week that Austin Hooper is going to be the number one tight end in this or uh, option in this offense, it's going to be this week um, with, for the reasons you said, Um, I personally am just out on Austin Hooper. I think he's just, another guy in that whole fantasy mumbo jumbo for tight ends after the first 12 or 15 guys I think he's just in that group you know everybody's basically the same um he's got a good matchup this week so I don't I don't hate it there's some guys with some pretty tough matchups like those New England tight ends that you mentioned playing New Orleans so really good spot start off the off the waiver wire Um, not the worst matchup but I'm not high on it um, personally. He's only got you four and six points this week or this year respectively in each week, respectively. So I do have to disagree with you a little bit, Gabby, but I guess we're going to see who's right on that one.
1: Yeah, we will see indeed.
0: <laughs> Come back next week to see, uh, see how that one shakes out. But uh, moving on to our sits of the week here. Uh, got to say some bad things about some guys now, you know, I'll start with QB Kirk cousins versus Indianapolis. Um, I think Indianapolis's defense is pretty solid. Um, Hasn't been great this year. Russell Wilson, at least tore him up. Um, But I think that Indianapolis has got a good D it's going to be a little scary next week. If Carson Wentz isn't good to go with both ankles uh, sprained, Uh, that's insane and tough for Indianapolis, but um, either way, I'm not super high on, on Kirk cousins this week. I think Minnesota leans on the run game. Um, So I think, uh, I think it's probably just going to be mostly a a Dalvin cook game, but even, even though um, there are some reports of Dalvin cook being a little bit banged up, I have full confidence that even if he is a no-go or is not fully healthy, I still think it's going to be a run game. I, I have full confidence in Alexander Madison as the Minnesota backup And uh, I expect Kirk Cousins to probably not have to not throw it too much. Um, Last week, Derrick Henry, uh, monster game for Indianapolis. Or not last week, the week before, excuse me. Um, He had a a monster game against Indianapolis. So they can be run on. Or, yes, last week. I apologize. Uh, So they can be run on. Um, So, yeah, definitely think Kirk Cousins will not be uh, as great as he has been this year so far.
1: That's a great point. Um, versus Indy, um, I, uh, their stout defense, I think Kirk Cousins is going to be a guy that you fade. And I don't think a Kirk Cousins is the type of guy that you go into a week wanting to start.
0: No, and I apologize. I did misspeak. Did Derek Henry did not even has not even played the Colts this year so far, so they're playing the Colts this week. I got myself mixed up there. But I do think that against a tough defense, Kirk Cousins is going to lean on the run. And uh, yeah, like you said, Kirk Cousins isn't a guy that you're loving to start, but he's had a couple of good weeks so far. Um, but I don't expect that to continue against a pretty stout defense.
1: Yeah, but well, my sit of the week, um, guy I alluded to earlier, Ryan Tannehill. Um, I, I, I I don't think he should be on your roster, so I guess I guess i might be a little bit <laughs> uh, not looking into it. Um, but. He, He's he's playing Indianapolis this week, not Kirk Cousins. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> But I, I don't think that I, I just don't think he's I don't think he's startable two mediocre performances. You drafted him as a QB eight. You want you needed at least QB ten performances, and he's he's given you bad performances. Derek Carr is better than him. Derek Carr is widely still available in most people's leagues like people still aren't rushing to pick up Derek Carr, so i think he's a great ad i think tyana hill is a guy that you you should sit in two qb leagues he should cut in one quarterback leagues um two qb leagues i guess um i'm in a two qb eight man league so uh you should sit him in that but definitely cut him in a 10 man league like No reason to have him on your team right now. He needs to produce at least once. Especially when there's guys such as Baker Mayfield out there. Like, Baker Mayfield could still have have similar performances to Ryan Tannehill. And I see them – I'm starting to see them in a little bit of the same light. So, those guys are definitely waiver-wire, streamer-type quarterbacks. It's sad, but Tannehill was the type of guy – I guess the performance – I think he's definitely a week two type of uh, performance type of guy where – I saw what I saw in two weeks and I think the verdict's out. I think this is who he's gonna be. I don't think there's gonna be some magic turnaround that now all of a sudden he's gonna throw for he's gonna have his week where he throws for three touchdowns, but I don't know if you're gonna be able to really guess that as well. And I am not I'm not trying to ride a bunch of sixteen to eighteen point weeks. For my quarterbacks, I I like personally, me, I like to I like to win my league, so I need quarterbacks to score above well above twenty points. I know Sam likes to likes to finish in fifth, so he thinks twenty points is good for a quarterback. But
0: um. Um, for the record, that conversation was centered around a dynasty league that has <laughs> a lot more quarterbacks rostered than should be rostered. <laughs> and for the record, I would love my quarterbacks to be scoring over twenty, but I think that uh, if you end up getting eighteen a week or two, that's not too bad either. I think that's. A- <laughs> pretty solid floor. And for the record, Brian Tannehill gets about 18 points in this week. If he gets that, uh, Julio Jones touchdown, that was actually a touchdown that was not called for them for some reason. Um, if he gets that, that he's significantly better, but I agree. He is still potentially a drop candidate. I stand by everything I said earlier. He is, uh, definitely not a start this week, but I definitely am not out on him for the rest of the season. And Going back to my previous points about Kirk Cousins, I just wanted to clarify that I had mixed myself up there. Um, Kirk Cousins is playing Seattle and uh, I think they'll lead on the run game because Seattle had poor run games against, or poor rush defense against both Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry in their, in weeks one and two, which is why I was talking, it was talking about the Colts and the Titans. So I apologize for the mix up there, but I uh, wanted to clarify Uh continuing on though running back sits of the week gabby who's your running back sit this week
1: a ceh versus the chargers um two bad performances and a lot of this has to go with the fact that if you have ceh on your team um you didn't do all that well so i think that you were able to pick up a lot of other people on the waiver wires that you start be starting over him uh, the guys such as that we've alluded to multiple times earlier tyson williams Elijah Mitchell. I'd even start a guy over a guy such as Jamal Williams over him this week. Um, I need to see it. I really do. Um, The path to success is just not there. And I, I, I don't, I don't see how the Chiefs are watching the film and watching the tape and saying, we need to get the ball to this guy more. Like, yeah, I would like to think <laughs> that, but I just don't think that's an, a logical way of thinking. If you watch, if you've watched him play, so yeah. I, I'm sitting in this week for sure.
0: I think the thing about Clyde is just like, what is there to be excited about other than the Chiefs' offense, and they're only gonna they're only playing him for about sixty percent of the snaps. So they obviously believe there's. Someone else out in the, on their roster, at least who can take a huge part of that load. And so if he's not going to get that full offense, I mean, what is there exciting about Clyde right now? Definitely got to be sitting him, um, until further notice, as we talked about earlier. So, uh, my running back sit this week, Damian Harris versus new Orleans, uh, nothing much more than other than it's just a tough matchup. New Orleans has got a really good defense. Um, Damian Harris has been leaned on these first couple weeks again in some, what I would say less, less tough matchups, uh, the jets and, uh, in Miami with, without Tua, um, for the Patriots. So Damian Harris has, I think had the opportunity to be used more. I think the Patriots leaned a little bit more heavily on the run game than they'll be able to against new Orleans. Um, so I just think it's going to be a down game for Damian Harris, who, unless he gets a touchdown is really only about a, a 10 point guy. Anyways, he's not super involved in the past game. We'll see if maybe this picks up with a, as I said, a game that might be more of a passing type of game for new England. But uh, so far he has not been super involved in the passing game and is really only a, a ball carrier for new England, which if he doesn't get that touchdown, like I think he won't happen against uh, new Orleans this week. Uh, I don't think he's really valuable. So I'm sitting Damian Harris after he has looked fairly well, fairly good in these uh, first couple weeks. So sit for me there. Gabby, do you have anything to add on him?
1: No, I I think that's fairly simple. New Orleans is a pretty good defense. And I I don't really like New England running backs. You never know who's going to be scoring the touchdown. So I like my, I like the running back, the, I know who's going to score the touchdown on the goal line and you're never sure who's going to be in with new England at any given moment. So.
0: Yeah. And I'm you trying. don't, you don't get that baseline that, that James White, James White's got the passing role locked down. So.
1: Yeah. James White got the goal line touchdown last week and like, why Which, did he do that? Doesn't make you, any sense. You'd
0: but, think the exact opposite. Exactly. So yeah. Not in on that this week. Gabby, who's your sit this week at running back?
1: Um, my sit at running back is Clyde Edwards-Alaire.
0: Oh, yes. Sorry. We just went over that. I apologize. Your wide receiver sit of the week.
1: My wide receiver sit of the week is Deontay Johnson. My, uh, Deontay Johnson is, uh, my set of the week, he is the wide receiver for Pittsburgh. Um, a little bit banged up on the last play of the game, a little bit of an odd situation. Not sure why he was, like Sam alluded to earlier, why he was in um, with nine points down. But also, um, Big Ben was giving a lot of targets to Chase Claypool early in the game. And given their matchup this week uh, versus Cincinnati, I think he's going to get targeted a lot. And I think they're going to roll Cincinnati. And I think it's going to be a running game. So, Given all those factors, um, I think he's a sit. Uh,
0: I think Deontay Johnson's a sit as well, mostly due to just the health. Um, I think unless he comes out Thursday, if he comes out tomorrow, Thursday, and says he's healthy and is going to play go full go, I'll probably be starting him. If he comes out any other day, Friday, eh. But any day after that, I'm for sure – Benching him, I just won't be confident that he is—he's fully healthy. Um, And Pittsburgh has too many other good receivers for them to use a guy who's not fully healthy. Um, I just don't see them really forcing a ball to forcing a ball to a guy who's hurt. So,
1: but the argument—I guess there would be an argument there that if he's out there, the assumption is that they're going to use him to his full extent. And if Deontay Johnson's out there, Big Ben's going to give him ten plus targets.
0: I mean, is that I don't, I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think if he's out there and banged up and not in his full self. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Um, I, we've seen that before. We've seen it go both ways where we've been wrong. We thought a guy might have been banged up. And like you said, he was got his full target share. But we've also seen guys go out there who are not fully healthy and, uh, and not produce. So for me, I think it just comes down to are you willing to take that risk? It probably comes down to a little bit of your matchup situation. If you think you can win without him, I'm definitely not starting him. Um, but if you're in a situation where you need a, a a little bit of a bigger play, maybe you're looking for a 15 to 20 points, then yeah, you might have to because Deontay Johnson's that kind of guy. But if I can avoid it and win without him, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that.
1: Hundred percent, one hundred percent.
0: Um, moving on to my set of the week as wide receiver, Tyler Boyd versus Pittsburgh. Um, I've said earlier in the year in this podcast that I think that there's going to be an odd man out in that Cincinnati passing offense. And I think that's going to be Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd is a talented receiver, but I don't think he's as talented as T Higgins or Jamar Chase. Um, and against a talented Pittsburgh defense, I really think that somebody's going to be not as productive as you hope. And I think this week it's going to be Tyler Boyd. Um, just think he's the odd man out against who I think is the best defense in the NFL in Pittsburgh. So I'm sitting Tyler Boyd for that reason this week. And for the fact that I don't think he's that safe of a start in general. Um, if there's going to be a week where you're taking the risk on him, um, it's not going to be this week for me. Uh, do you disagree with that at all, Gabby?
1: Mm. I do. Yeah, a little bit. I really like Cincinnati's t- uh, wide receivers. I think they're all fantasy viable, all three of them, for different reasons. I think T. Higgins gets this five to seven targets as the red zone threat. Jamar Chase is the big, big over-the-top receiver. And Tyler Boyd's the slot guy. Like, they have their significant roles. Nobody else is going to get much of the passing work. The dump-off guy is Joe Mixon. Everybody has their role, and they're all going to get their targets. Nobody's going to cut into their own. I really like Tyler Boyd. Yes, Pittsburgh is going to be a tough defense, but I think Cincinnati is not going to be playing well. I think they're going to have to throw the ball out to catch up, and that's I think that's really good for the passing game. And I don't know if I'm necessarily going out of my way to start Tyler Boyd, but I just don't think this matchup is scaring me the way Pittsburgh usually does. Like Derek Hart just shredded them.
0: He did. He did. Um,
1: but I, but I, I guess Derek Carr is elite, uh, top 10 quarterback, so I guess let me let me back up a little bit.
0: Derek Carr will not be a top 10 quarterback this week. I definitely don't think uh, the Bengals are as good of a team as the Raiders. I think that's a big part of it. Um, but, yeah, Steelers did get beat last week uh, by, by Derek Carr. He did quite well. Uh, but I just don't expect – I don't think that – Cincinnati's as good of a coach team or as a talented of a team. Um, So I don't expect that to continue uh, this week. And Derek Carr will for sure not be a top 10 quarterback at the end of the year, but um, continuing back to the Cincinnati wide receivers, I did want to point out that that Tyler Boyd slot role of getting targets. I just don't think that he has that anymore. Um, Yes. He got nine targets last week, but he hasn't led the team in targets in either week so far. Um, so I just don't think he's the guy they necessarily go to where, when they're just, I don't think he just has, I don't think he has that role on lock as he did necessarily last year. I don't expect him to be, um, as involved this this week as he was last week and last week he did, like I said, get nine targets. He only got you 10 fantasy points in PPR. Um, Oh, excuse me, not 10, 14, excuse me. So significantly higher than I said, but, Um, it wasn't the most impressive game ever. So even with nine targets. Um, and then moving on to tight end starts or sits of the week. Who's yours this week, Gabby?
1: My tight end sit of the week is Logan Thomas. Um, Logan Thomas versus the Bills. That's a very it's, that's a tough matchup, and yes, Tyler Heineke looked really good versus the Giants, but let's just take a step step back and remember that I just said Tyler uh, Taylor Heineke. Like, I don't. I think that was a little bit above the average there, and I think he's going to go back regress to the mean. And I think that means everybody's going to regress to the mean a little bit, too. Um, and also with guys such as Hooper and Goddard, as we alluded to earlier, available, I just don't see how with Logan Thomas, he's and he's giving you subpar performances as well. That's the other thing. Yes, he's been involved, but he's gotten you 10 points and 7 points. Or like, what, nine, maybe f- 14, and 7? He got you, uh, yeah,
0: about, uh, he got you three receptions for 30 yards and a touchdown week one. And last week he got you set uh, five, five receptions for 45 yards and no touchdowns. Um, So only about 10 last week, but I would say against a stout defense, I think that the giants have a better defense that people give them credit for. And Taylor Heineke was not the quarterback week one. Um, And like I mentioned earlier in the show, I think that he does hyper target Logan Thomas a little bit. And I'm not here to tell you that Logan Thomas has the highest ceiling in the world, but I think as far as tight ends go, where we know that that whole tight end world uh, landscape out there is pretty shitty, pretty, pretty, pretty barren. Um, I think in that whole world out there, he's a very significantly better than a very good option compared to a lot of uh, to, to most, most options out there. I still would be starting Logan Thomas this week if you drafted him and were starting him previously. I don't think there's anybody better that's come up on the waiver wires. Maybe you got Dallas Goddard and he was my start of the week this week at tight end. And I think he's got a great matchup. So maybe, you maybe you start a guy like that, but for the most part, other than that, there's nobody that you got off the waiver wire. That's better. In my opinion, Logan Thomas got hyper-targeted against a good defense. Now Buffalo's a better team and probably a better defense than new than the giants. So not, not a good matchup at all for Logan Thomas. So I totally understand trying to find a different option, but I don't think he's the worst start ever. You might be able to find a better option on the waiver wire, but I I don't think that that's a, a shoe in. I think you're likely to end up with nobody better than Logan Thomas. Um, so I think if you're in a good situation, yes, avoid him. But um, I think there might be some situations out there where people are kind of stuck and I don't think he's the worst play. Um, Moving on to my sit of the week, though, at tight end, Robert Tanyan, a guy that has not really been on the radar radar this year, um, but I'm afraid that people might be a little little overexcited from his game last week. Um, I just want to point out that he does not even got 50% of the snaps in either week one or week two. In week one, he only got 49%, so just under. But week two, he only got 43% of the snaps. He only got four targets and then three targets. Um, So you're really just hoping for a touchdown. Um, He's playing San Francisco this week, who was number one against tight ends last year. So I'm just here to tell you, don't get excited about Robert Tanyan. He's still a sit, not even really worth worth a waiver wire pickup unless you're in a super deep league, in my opinion. Um, you know, there's always that chance that Aaron Rodgers goes and is the MVP again, um, and involves Robert Tonyan. But especially against San Francisco this week, I'm not. I'm not even interested in really having Robert Tanyan on my roster. So uh, definitely sitting him this week. But just want to make sure that's out there after a big week from Robert Tanyan.
1: Yeah, very touchdown dependent last year. Um, I'm staying away from him usually. I know, because touchdowns are hard to hard to predict unless you're like Gronk or something.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was the tight end 12 in PPR last year, which is really the only reason I bring him up is because he did – he wasn't bad last year. He was usable. And uh, after a big week, I just want to make sure that people aren't getting overly excited. So, Robert Tanyan, don't, don't even worry about it for now. But maybe keep an eye on him. Uh, but that will conclude our starts and sits for this week. Uh, moving on to my personal favorite little segment here, we got defensive streamers. I'm um, just ranking some of the teams that I think you might be able to find um, on the waiver wire this week. So uh, I think the Panthers versus the Texans this week is a great defensive streamer. Um, Broncos versus the Jets, the Bills versus the, uh, the team, the football team, Washington, uh, Steelers versus the Bengals, and Saints versus New England. Um, Panthers, of course, are playing against Houston, who's got Davis Mills, a quarterback. Um, I'm confident they should be able to shut him down, an underrated defense in Carolina this this year. Uh, Broncos playing Zach Wilson, interception machine last week. Bills against Taylor Heineke, a guy that you talked down last year, I or earlier, not last year, earlier in the show. I think a little bit unfairly, but either way, not a world beater. Uh, Bills have a good defense. Steelers mentioned they were quite good as well. And uh, the Saints' defense, um, along that st- same vein. So, defense. Those uh, are the five defensive streamers. I think you might be able to find on your waiver wires this week. Um, and uh, that's the last segment we have for you, Gabby. Any any last words of wisdom before we
1: go? Um, I think it's uh it's good to get that Saints defense now because uh, next week they have a pretty good matchup versus the um. Let me see it here. I Just had it pulled up.
0: That's a great point, though. They definitely yeah, if, you're versus deciding, the Giants. if you're deciding if you're deciding between uh, two teams, it, like two defenses in a, in a given week. If you're just deci- if you can't decide between the two, look at their next couple matchups or their next matchup. That's a great point there, Gabby, and you might that might help you make your decision.
1: Yeah, because like for example, I was making a decision in a league between the Saints and the Cardinals, and I decided to stick with the Saints because next week they're playing the Giants and the Cardinals play the Rams and I'm not going to start the Cardinals versus the Rams next week. I'm probably going to fade that and that's going to waste a waiver claim. And that's just a little bit of the strategy behind uh, fantasy as well. That can help you out in the long run.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, I just want to mention again, that you should always be checking your league transactions. See who gets dropped week two, a huge tilt week, a huge week for people who are, uh who haven't seen anything happen over the first few weeks who are giving up on players huge week to check your waiver wire um transactions but always do that not just this week so just a reminder to do that but uh that should conclude it for us this evening thank you for joining us on the sam and gabby's fantasy fantasy show um we hope that you will continue to join us and follow us on twitter and uh hope you have a good night